0: All right, so, hi Blair, thanks a lot for coming out and doing this with us this morning. Um, so yeah, first off, I just wanna learn a little bit more about you, so your background in hockey and uh, what's led you to where you're at today.
1: Um, yeah, I always
0: played growing
1: up. Um, never ended up playing junior hockey. Um, stopped playing after midget. Um, grew up in Vegreville. moved to Calgary to go to Mount Royal. Um, I always kinda knew I wanted to get into coaching. I, I was always more interested, even when I was playing, Bantam and midget. I was always more interested in kind of the coaching side of it than I really was playing. Um, so as soon as I moved to Calgary, I got into it. Um, started coaching with a Bantam one team, um, and then uh, I was with the Royals doing minor midget. Um, did minor midget for a few years, then I ended up with the Buffalo's Bantam Triple A team. Um, was pretty fortunate there to work with some really good players, uh, and then uh, ended up back or going to the North Stars, uh, the major triple-A team as an assistant um, and I've been there since for the last five years and uh, head coach there now so um, it's been good it's been like 12 or 13 years Uh, I've done a lot of spring stuff in between Um, so yeah it's it's fun.
0: So when you're saying like as a player you're more, almost more interested in the coaching side, like what sort of stuff when you were playing? Like what was uh, sort of I was always fits? just
1: like I wanted to come up with new drills, like I think my coaches playing probably hated me, um, <laughs> they, they always thought I was a guy that thought I knew better, which I never, that wasn't my thought, um, but I always wanted to come up with new ways that we could look at doing stuff, um, whether it was breakouts or D-zone or power play. Um, and I just always like, kind of found myself on the bench. And, okay, we should have these guys out in this situation, or this guy's coming from the other team, so we gotta have these guys out. So I, I always was just, and even like watching NHL games, I was always interested in a lot more of like, the coach decisions and watching matchups, uh, watching watching for adjustments that happen. Um, so it always was just, that was always really what interested me in, in hockey. Um, and then yeah, like I, I started coaching like, when I was in high school, I was working with my brother's novice teams, he's a lot younger than I am, um, so that was the one thing like growing up, I just knew I always wanted to get involved in coaching,
0: and here I am. Nice, yeah, because I know that was, that was a little really, that was me when I was growing up yeah. too, like it was always just looking at, well for the strength and conditioning side, looking at how a player skated, yeah. or you know, how they released the puck, what this guy was doing differently than that yeah. guy, and so it's interesting sort of how yeah. you know, those little things when you're growing up yeah. tend to guide where you end yeah. up too.
1: Yeah, and I got a buddy of mine growing up was a good player and plays pro overseas and like for me it was always like just kind of watching him and supporting him and trying to help him but like I, we'd go and watch him play and I think I would drive him nuts too because I would have like little tips for him or some feedback afterwards and like I just at that time we're 15 year old buddies and I think he's probably like, shut up! My friend. <laughs> but that's just always how I've been. Um, just always looked at the game like that.
0: Good. Well, clearly it's paying off for you, yeah. right? And um, then, yeah, you you were telling me as well, like you got a job scouting for the Prince Albert Raiders. How did how did that come about?
1: Um, just kind of came out of nowhere. Brandon Watts from uh, P Four Sports um, had reached out to me asking if I'd be interested in, in scouting. Um, so I, I said sure and then Ron Gunville who was at the time of player director for the Raiders had uh, contacted me um, had a good chat and then uh, ended up joining them from there and that was well, that was three years ago so this will be my fourth season with them okay. um, and that's been really good it's it's a lot of fun to you know, watch the young players coming up and uh, if like you coaching midget you don't always see the Bantam guys so now I, I kind of know everybody that's going through the Bantam and Midget programs and uh it's, just, it's fun to see the progression of guys from you know, when they are in Bantam to when they're playing you know, on the Raiders or in the league yeah uh, so it's been a really good job we've had a good group of scouts there really good staff uh, what they've done with that team has been pretty remarkable in, in a short period of time so um, yeah, it's been it's been fun to be a part of that
0: Nice. So, with that, is it co- pretty common for like the bantam and midget age coaches to be scouting for WHL teams? Um,
1: I don't think so. I there might be a couple guys that do it. Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. So I don't think it is too common. Um, I, I do my best to keep it completely separate. Um, yeah. Like we have a couple players or one player on our team with the North Stars that's a Raiders draft pick. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if it was awkward for him in, in the beginning or it wasn't for me. So I, I just you keep it separate and um, it, it hasn't ever really been a problem, but yeah. um, it's fun because you, like, you see everybody. Um, yeah. So uh, guys, a lot of guys get missed in Bantam that end up being really good players in Midget and then end up playing in the Western League. So um, you know, I kind of get a head start on seeing those guys coaching against them or, or having them with us. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good.
0: Nice. So, yeah, with that job, with the scouting, like, so what's sort of your responsibility with them? Is it just like sending reports on players? Do they send you to specific games to watch specific guys? Or is it yeah, like
1: so you kind of make your own schedule. Okay. Um, a lot of it's just watching the Bantam games uh, in Calgary and um, the area. Um, so, a lot of it now, with the CSSHL, there's so many of those showcases. So, it's, it's easier, I think, a lot of it now to scout because uh, everyone's in the same place uh, so for us it makes it easy like you drive to the edge and you can watch ten games and yeah. you, know, you watch five different teams or six teams play whereas a few years ago you'd have to drive there and you watch one game yeah uh, so now it's a little bit easier now for us uh, and then after that you just you send in your reports uh, you get a handful of reports on each guy and um, you know, we have our draft meetings uh, in January at the John Reed tournament uh, in St. Albert and then we have them again in the uh, Alberta Cup, and, and then the draft's in May. So uh, there's another guy in, Cal- in Southern Alberta, Calgary, that uh, works with us. Uh, we got a guy in Edmonton, and then Saskatchewan, Manitoba, um, BC, the US. So we all kind of get together at those tournaments and um, just kind of put all the reports and see where we're at. Like we use RinkNet, so it's a pretty good program and okay. keeps track of everything. Um, so it, it's fun. Like, those meetings are great. Like you get into arguments about guys, but it's uh, yeah, it, I really enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, when you got a passion for the game like that, yeah. right, it makes it easy. Yeah. You know, you you know what you've seen in certain yeah. guys, and you know you know like you yeah, know who be, you want to go with and who you don't.
1: Hockey to me, it's always been like it's amazing. You could watch one guy and have ten people watching him, and you'll have ten different opinions on him. Yeah. Um, so that's always pretty fun and. It's it's just fun to see that the guys are so passionate about it, and we get into some pretty heated debates. But at the end of the day, I think we all want just what's best for the Raiders. And, exactly. Um, you know, there's going to be guys that end up missing on, or that are that do well or don't. Uh, so it, it's good. It's a lot of fun. We put in a lot of work. Like um, I don't know, whatever. There's probably I'd say all of us are going to 150 plus games throughout a year, and you know, submitting however many reports four to five yeah. different players in those games so um, there's a lot of work that goes into it.
0: Any notable names or anybody that you scattered over the last few years or
1: um, I think you're just excited from, about? from Calgary like that's on the Raiders like uh, Ozzy Weasbot. Um, he's a good player and every time I watch him he's more and more impressive uh, he's with at the U18 tryouts right now okay um, there's there's so many of them like from that age group uh, not just on our team, but like Ridley, Greg, was in Lovebridge, Jake Neighbors. Um There's some special players out of that. Uh, I think those guys are the O twos. Yeah. Or yeah, O twos uh, or O ones maybe. I can't remember.
0: I think O twos because yeah. the O ones were the guys who just went through the NHL. Game. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. So and even like them, like Braden Tracy, uh, Krebs, Byram. Uh, like those are all guys we watched in Bantam. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to see the progression and yeah. you know just how far they've come and really not that long, three or four years. Yeah,
0: well three even years. just seeing Krebs in here, like yeah. I've been working here two years, and just, you know, it's cool watching yeah. watching athletes like that develop, yeah. and just seeing their difference, difference in their mentality yeah. and things like that.
1: Yeah, I know, it, it's fun, and like even you go through the draft each year, and like, now you look back at the one three years ago, and you see guys that are doing really well that were taken in the later rounds, uh, yeah. so it, it it's so hard to project Project guys when they're 14, what they're gonna look like at yeah. 16, 17. So like, there's there's lots of hits, there's lots of misses. Um, so it's, I think for those guys, it's what they do after they get drafted that ends up making the difference for them. Um, but it's fun to watch, it's fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, so with us, obviously being an elite performance center, one of the big things we're interested in is those you know those little things, what you're doing after you get drafted and. So as a scout, when you're watching games, do you get to interact with players much off the ice or is it just seeing what they're doing on the
1: ice? Um, in the beginning of the season, a lot of it's just watching them on the ice. Uh, you always want to do your background checks and look into character. That's a huge part of it. Uh, I think that's the one way you can kind of have an indicator of what the player will do after he's drafted is getting to know their character a little bit. So yeah. for me, I, I'm fortunate enough to be in the coaching I'm part of the game too, so I have a really good relationship with a lot of the coaches. Um, so we have these conversations throughout the season about guys. Um, and You can just tell, like, we watch them so much from you know, September to April that you start to see a lot of different personality traits or some behaviour things that they do, good or bad. Uh, and whether it's body language or how they respond to negative things on the ice. Um, so uh, once you make your on ice assessment but you have to do your homework and dig in a little bit more with the character and um, we'll do interviews with players too we'll call them um, throughout the season more towards the end of the year as we get closer to the draft and just have conversations with them and see what their plans are um, so yeah you want to do a lot of homework you have to
0: yeah that makes sense um is there any like obviously no names or anything but is there any sort of anything you're looking for specifically with those character interviews as far as like you know good or bad like something that you'd be interested in a player but something they could do or say that would
1: turn you right off? I think for me it's um, guys that uh, are confident um, that don't uh, uh, guys that don't throw other guys under the bus like like I always ask guys how they respond to negative things or struggle and this year for instance the one guy that we had talked to is I asked him what is the toughest or what frustrated him this year and he had said playing against the top players on the other team are being line matched and for me I the response there I would rather a player say you know I've I thrived on that I love playing against the top guys so little little things like that um, but at the same time if they're 14 i don't think they know what to say a lot of the times it's a tough position for them um so i and i know a lot of them get trained on what the right answers are to all the questions from their agents and and that's fine Um, so for me you really just try and gauge honesty and if guys are being real with you or not Um, we always ask i think the biggest question for us is do you want to be a raider and we've had guys that have said 100% percent we we'll have to be a Raider and then they end up going to college or they don't want to be a Raider so again so much changes from that 14 year old year to 16, 17, 18 that uh, it, it's hard to get a read, you just kind of got to find out how that character is and, um, and I think with us it's coming off of a championship, I think there's a little bit more guys want to be a part of the program now of course, they know about the team and so it's it's an exciting time I for, think for prospects and for the players and staff, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, when you're coming off a championship, congrats on that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. uh, When you're coming off a championship, you know, that's going to just give everybody a little bit more notoriety. Yeah. And those young guys, that's where they're going to want to yeah. be in a couple years, right? It's, yeah,
1: no, for sure. It's an exciting, good time to yeah. be there, for sure.
0: Yeah, but I like what you said just about, you know, the response to playing against the top mm-hmm. guys and wanting to thrive on that kind of stuff because it's one thing we focus on here in the gym a lot is, you know, the toughest sessions, the hardest yeah. days, those are the ones that if you're coming into those, you know, griping and moaning, yeah, we understand it's yeah. going to be a tough day, but you know what? If you want to be playing in the WHL, you want to be moving up levels, you're going to need those yeah, tough days, right? Exactly. And you're going to need to learn to love them.
1: The, yeah, and those are the things like as a coach and as a scout, we look for is guys that are going to do well uh, in tough situations and fight through adversity. And I find you have one or the other guys that will thrive or guys that uh, you know, that struggle with it. And, um, and throughout the season, you just you look for that, and I think it gives you a good indication of how a guy is going to do when when things get tough. Or uh, you know, once they get to be 16, 17, 18 a lot of guys are skilled. A lot of guys can skate. Um, they do all the same things really well so at that point a lot of it's just your character and your personality traits that are going to separate you from there and I think for me anyway it's how do you how do you handle tough situations
0: yeah no I completely agree like I've always said you know the difference between the guys who are making it and the guys who aren't isn't necessarily some big gap in skill or some big like we were talking about earlier you know athletes that Finish a hard session on the ice, and are calling up their strength and conditioning coach, saying, "Hey, I didn't feel great today. I need to yeah. come in and train more." Like those are the kind of yeah. guys that, right away, even if you're not the most skilled guy on the ice, you're gonna, yeah, no, absolutely. People notice. are gonna take notice.
1: Like, and over the years, like now I've seen guys that are you know, they're playing pro hockey or playing in the NHL. That I look back, on, which is at fourteen, fifteen, they weren't that; they were just okay on their team. But it's that work ethic and that ability to continue working, and you know, yeah guys are out in the summer and doing whatever these guys are uh, having fun too but they're still getting in their workouts they're still skating they're getting better every day and that's why those guys are there
0: yeah absolutely and uh well getting back a little bit to the coaching so obviously like I was reading a little bit on your website for BAC hockey mm-hmm. some of the testimonials that you've had uh you've had there and there's pretty powerful stuff some mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty great words so what would you say is your philosophy as a coach
1: um i think for me just number one i want to create a good relationship with players Uh, you want to create an environment where they feel like they can trust you they feel safe that they can make mistakes and fail and you're going to give them an opportunity and you're going to help them get better Um, i think for me coming to the ring should be fun every day no matter how hard it is it should still be fun um So I want guys that are going to walk into the rink with a smile on their face and they're going to be with a smile on their face no matter how hard they worked. Um, Like we always talk about the difference between a hard day and a bad day. Um, There's going to be hard days but there should never be a bad day at the rink. Um, So for me it's really just about creating a personal relationship with everybody. Um, The one thing I've learned in coaching is you got a team of 20 players, it it means you're going to have 20 different personalities. and you got to get creative and find ways to get the most at each of those players and you know, sometimes you, you can and sometimes you can't um, so that's a lot of it for me and i best way to learn or to dig into that is to just have a personal relationship with these guys um, and know what makes them tick on and off the ice stuff that they're interested in um, and it, it's to me that's the most enjoyable part is just getting to know these guys and trying to maneuver around and trying to get the most out of them or pushing them through tough stuff because everyone's different.
0: Yeah, of course. And like just off of what you were saying too of, you know, those guys who the little differences, just the little differences in work ethic mm-hmm. and stuff like that, obviously that comes back to these twenty different personalities on a yeah. team of twenty players. I think there's something that do you think that work ethic, that little bit of drive, is that something that you either have or you don't, or is that something you feel like as a coach you can help instill in I players think as
1: well? if you had asked me that a year ago, I would have probably said it closer to you have it or you don't, uh, and I would say most of the time that's probably the case. Uh, this year, there was a player on our midget team that uh, I would say he didn't have it, uh, and we worked so much with him, and great hockey player. Um, and then all of a sudden it just kind of clicked for him, and we were hard on him. Like I, I kicked him out of games before. I put him in the room or benched him. Um, you know, him and his dad and I went out for beer and tried to, how do we fix this? And um, you know, all of a sudden it just kind of clicked for him towards the end of the year. And the kid reached out actually at the end of the season and thanked us for, you know, pushing him and being really hard on him and holding to a high standard. And uh, and now now I watch him. Like, work ethic has totally changed uh I think he's gonna do really well for himself and just this like it's watching a totally different hockey player now um, so that would be I think a success story out of that and uh, you don't have a whole lot of those that you get that big of a switch uh yeah. so it, I think guys it's you have it or you don't for the most part but again I think it all starts with the environment that you create as a coach Yeah. Uh, you know if you have an environment that players want to be in and that players feel like they can learn and they can still feel like they make make mistakes and it's okay then I think you'll get a little bit more out of them uh, I think that's it like if you if you can get more out of guys you'll get more work out the front of them uh,
0: yeah, I think that's like well if you do if you if you want to you can absolutely give them a shout out too because I love stories like that but. yeah
1: uh Nick Porterfield, uh he's going to play in Melville this year and nice. I mean, he's a guy too that Into a lot of teams in the Alberta Junior League, kind of rode off halfway through the year because I don't think he was meeting his own expectations or what everybody else had expected of him. Um, And then, and him and I had it out. There were ugly, ugly conversations and and hard ones. Uh, And I think for me, it's kind of a proud moment as a coach because it would have been easy to just kind of throw in the towel with the kid and give up on him. We never did. Um, And to his credit, went home and looked in the mirror and did some self-reflection and uh you know we kind of met in the middle and and he was awesome for us the rest of the season and uh, I, I watched him play last night and it, it's a totally different player Like I, i'm excited for him i think the fans of melville the millionaires just got a, they got a good player It's gonna be fun to watch him
0: that's awesome i i love hearing stuff like that because yeah. that's one thing too that we focus on a lot uh, in on even just in the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. realm right of like you can come in and you can go through the motions for a workout, or you can really and truly hold yourself yeah. to the standard you know you need. Yeah. So no, the absolutely. players coming in, telling me, "Hey, I want to play," you know. Yeah. Triple A, or I want to play in the WHL, or you know, with other sports, whatever level they want to, mm-hmm. they want to play. Straight up, off day one, they're going to know what's yeah. needed of them to do that, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a little bit that it's on them to, you know be able to meet that expectation but then on the side of the coach it's it's awesome hearing coaches talk about how you know not giving up and making sure that you're doing your part to not just show them the expectation but then reinforce it and reiterate it as it goes too.
1: Yeah I think for us or for me anyways as a coach for me the number one thing is development getting players to the next level like we tell our guys in the beginning of the season and our parents that I'll judge our season and how successful it was following September when we see where guys are playing. Um, you know, if we win a championship in the 12 months in between, then great. Um, but for me, right now, I think we have 13 players from our team last year that are, that are moving on to play junior A or in the that's Western awesome. League, and I, I'm most proud of that versus um, you know, we didn't go to the national championships, so maybe it would be a different story then, but uh, to me, that's yeah, just something that I pride myself on, and We work hard to try and get guys opportunity, whether it's pounding the phone with junior coaches or sending video to them. And it was happening. I was in Europe for a holiday two weeks ago and I was sending guys in the Saskatchewan Junior League video of of players that are still available. Um, I just trying to get them an opportunity. So for me, when you're in minor hockey, that's what it should be about, is development um, of everybody. And if you win in the meantime, then great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was actually going to be one of my next questions. So like with your focus on development and stuff like that, obviously teams are going to come watch for certain guys, but Mm -hmm. then there are going to be those guys that sort of sneak under the radar. And what does the process look like for those players that maybe didn't get picked in the Bantam draft or didn't go, you know, didn't get opportunities Mm -hmm. in the Western League right away?
1: Uh, I think for them, like, and there's a lot of them, uh, they just have to stick with it um, and that's again going back to seeing how guys handle adversity in tough situations and a lot of their peers are getting drafted or getting these opportunities and, and they aren't so how are you going to handle that? Are you going to feel sorry for yourself or are you going to go out and work harder than that guy and, and try and take his spot? Uh, and so you, you see it a lot of times guys in, in midget, uh, especially at our league and Triple A, our 16 and 17 year olds usually the real high-end ones are playing junior already um, So you, for those guys I think it's just again what they're doing when they're not at the rank they got to be getting better every day and they got to take a harder route it's a longer one um, but you know, they still you still have an opportunity whether you're 15 16 or 17 there's so many years left in your career and uh, you just got to keep putting in the work Like there's one kid uh, that we had years ago where I coached Midget Double A as a 16 year old. Uh, he never played Bantam Triple A. Got cut from Midget Triple at 16 and when I was on the Midget Triple A team the following year when he was 17 he made it. Played as a, uh, one of our top forwards, had a point a game. Still didn't have any interest from Junior A teams in Alberta or BC. Went to a few camps, nothing happened. Um, found himself in the SJ with Humboldt. Uh, got traded to Melville and now he's Rookie of the Year, I think, or Rookie of the Month, a number of times in the SJ this year, and has lots of NCAA interest. And like, there's a guy that just didn't get much attention throughout his minor hockey career, but never really felt sorry for himself. Just kept working every day and getting better. And like, now he's probably surpassed a lot of those guys. Love that. It just goes yeah. to show,
0: like, no matter where you are, no matter where you're at, there's yeah, there's, there's always something to get out of it. There's
1: always something. Exactly. You just you got to put in the work and. It's hard, Like you got to put in a lot of work and I think for a lot of guys it's they, they find excuses or they don't find the time for it and, and you have to and when you're at that point you almost have to put in twice the work that the other guys do because you got to make a name for yourself and then you got to go and get a job or get an opportunity so yeah. you've got more work to do and uh, it's tough but it's fun to see those guys and for me those are the guys that are going to have success later in their career because you know, they're used to pushing through that adversity yeah absolutely if you face that from
0: day one right then no matter what the pros throw at you or no matter what the minor leagues are throwing at you you're yeah you're equipped to handle it already yeah no, exactly that's awesome to see i love that yeah. um do you keep in touch with guys a lot once they're like once they've moved past the north stars or past the teams you? yeah i try
1: to um and for me again i start or my foundation of coaching is uh, you know based off of personal relationships with guys so and once you have that you're able to keep a relationship with yeah. them um there's guys that I still talk to today that you know, I coached when I was 18 years old and um, you know the guys that are you know 26 and have jobs and you know you see them downtown or at a bar or a restaurant and yeah they still call you coach and to me that's that's really rewarding and I, that's pretty cool and yeah um, that's just I guess one of the added benefits to you know, starting everything with a personal relationship is you always kind of keep in touch with a lot of these guys um, that I'm probably a little bit weird. Like I could go back and I could probably tell you the lineup of every team you know, I've ever coached. Um, so I do as much as I can to get to know guys and be able to maintain that relationship with them.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think as a coach, that's a huge part of it, right, is being able to, being able to go back, being able to look at people you coached 10 years ago and still remember them as a player and remember yeah. them as a person. I think it just shows more than anything, the passion you bring yeah. to what you do, right?
1: Yeah, and, the, and you know, in the end, you never know when you could meet with them and you know, work or whatever. Like my assistant coach is uh, the guy that I coached in the triple A for two years. Uh, he had to retire due to injury, and um, and I had always told the kid like you can play on any team I am ever a part of, and uh, now he's one of my assistant coaches. He works so well with me in the spring and. Um, just coaching with him this last year i've learned so much from that guy and, and this was a kid that i was coaching you know, six seven years ago yeah now he's working with me and, and i'm learning from him so it's it, it's important i think to build those relationships and uh, you know, your job is to develop players but also good people too so yeah
0: well i mean it shows and yeah it shows you bring a you bring a really big passion to it which mm. is awesome to see i love seeing that and Really, anybody, anybody doing anything, but yeah.
1: yeah, you have to. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, and you have to love what you're doing. And yeah, I do. So.
0: Yeah, and it's great to hear too that this kid that you were coaching this time ago that's you know now working with you. And yeah, I love that too because everybody's gonna bring a different style of yeah. things, right? So even if you've got 20 years experience and he's in his first year, like there's gonna be something he's doing that. Yeah going to make you take notice too. Yeah, and I think
1: like, the game changes so much every year that like, you always have to keep evolving and um, you know, and we, we put in a lot of time especially in the summer to try and find new ideas or new ways of doing things or um, you know, in season two watching NHL games or just talking to other coaches or players or GMs and the, the game just always changes so you need to find new ideas and um, you know, with Riley my assistant coach and he's a little bit younger so and he's fresh off of playing, so he's got a lot of different ideas that I think are new to the game and uh, players haven't heard before. Uh, and and he's, he's awesome to have. Like, yeah. we're, uh, we're pretty fortunate to have. New, fresh perspective, right? Yeah, awesome.
0: Exactly. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to get into a little bit too. So your company, BAC Hockey, mm-hmm. uh, I was reading a little bit on the website, and it's, uh, yeah, like I had mentioned before, some pretty powerful testimonials there. Uh, but can you tell me a little bit more about exactly what it is you guys do you guys do there and uh, sort of what came to creating that company
1: yeah for for BAC it's our first year um, okay we do on ice development um, I think we probably do it a little bit differently than some other guys do um, and for me it's you know, teaching guys through small area games or different game situations um, creating uncomfortable tough situations for them and trying to help them work through it uh, I think when you do that in the off season, once they get into their season and they recognize, okay, I've been in this situation because we worked on it, you know, in April or May, uh, then hopefully they're going to have a little more success there. Uh, so for us, it's it's just about creating different game situations, game moments we call them, working on them, uh, so different skill development, and then. Uh, we do a lot of off-ice, and so just mental health support um, for guys. That's one thing that's very important to me that I've gone through, and my whole family's gone through. Um, so we have a BAC for Hope program um, that's available for guys to read different stories on players uh, that have submitted, um, and it's been a good outlet for guys too to you know write their own stuff and send them in. So it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, putting together the on-ice component, but then also putting together the off-ice cause I think a lot of guys go through so many different, unique situations that are tough. And in hockey, it's the stigma of mental health is still quite negative and quite strong. So, uh, you know, we kind of want to, again, go back, going back to creating that safe environment where guys feel like they can fail and make mistakes and it's okay. Um, So that's what we want to do. And um, it's been really good. I've, I've really enjoyed doing it so far.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I was reading a couple of those stories on the BAC for Hope Mm -hmm. page, and just it really rang, rang like it uh, it hit deep with me too, Mm -hmm. because I know that's something that I've seen. Well, I mean, you you read stories in the NHL, guys like Theo Fleury, and obviously that was a pretty extreme case, but you know, you you see things coming up from below the surface with guys who they're talking about things they've hidden since they were ten or eleven years old it's it takes a toll and it takes yeah. an effect later in life too right yeah and,
1: and our hope is that you know somebody you know reading that at home is you know maybe they're going through the same thing and you know, they felt like maybe they're the only person in the world going through it or they're too scared to you know, they don't want to talk about it because of whatever they think might happen after and then if they see these players that are playing in the western league or playing college or junior or whatever uh, you know, those guys share their story and if you know they can connect with it i think it's them feel a little bit safer and and that they're okay so um, it's been it's been really good it's been a really positive experience it's even for my own mental health it's been good to you know kind of see these stories and different things that guys are going through and um, I think it's important too a lot of kids you know their goals their dreams to play in the NHL Um, obviously it's so tough to do and so few guys do it Um, but spend your whole life trying to get there and 99% of guys don't so I think there's a lot of struggle once that dream is over. Yeah. Um, and for us I, I, you want to create you know a path or something for them to see that there's still a life after trying to make the NHL and not. Um, there's still so many other things you can do to you know, find your own happiness or you know, be okay with your mental health. And um, You know we just, yeah, just want to share stories and it's been good like we've had guys reach out for all over the place it 's awesome they want to be a part of it, and uh, it 's a hard thing to do like, I think each guy it 's probably taken them months longer than they thought it would to share their story because it 's hard to go through all that stuff, but yeah, uh, you know the effects I think are're massive
0: yeah absolutely and I think just what you said about you know if it can connect if some one of the guys playing in the Western League or playing pro can mm. share a story that hits deep with you know a thirteen year old kid yeah. that happens to be reading it might save that kid years and years and years yeah, of absolutely. difficulties down the road
1: too. And I think parents too, it, it's been good for them and I've had a few have told me like you know it, it opened my eyes to the things that my kid might be going through that you know because parents are so invested in their son's career too that yeah. I think they can sometimes miss a lot of the stuff and um, you know and I know like sometimes players or you know, kids don't feel comfortable even going to their own parents so I think it's been an eye-opener for Parents too, uh, and the feedback I got from them has been really positive. Uh, so it's just something that I think's been taken for granted in, in our hockey community is mental health, and I think it's something that needs a huge focus. Uh, and, and you get it a little bit at the NHL level, with you know the Players Tribune does the same sort of thing, and the guys sharing their story. But the conversations I've had with you know the guys that are sharing for us, it's it's a little bit different. They can't relate to those guys because you don't have the you know, financial resources that they have or the other professional resources that they have. So it's they say it's tough to you know, relate to their stories. So, uh, you know, and I get that. So you know, hopefully with you know, the stuff that you know, is happening at the professional level and this, it can make a difference for younger guys.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, hearing the stories from the pros is beneficial mm-hmm. but yeah it definitely is a different case yeah, than hearing totally a story is. from a kid who's yeah. three years older than you yeah exactly you know right. being able to understand that hey it's not just the pros yeah. that you know that have yeah. gone through something similar so yeah I think exactly. you guys are doing an amazing yeah, thing um, there thank
1: you and show up to the guys that have shared their story thank you and that's you know, I, I have mine and but that's only one story and there's there's millions out there so. yeah
0: and the more the more that can get out there yeah. right the more people they're going to help with it yeah, too yeah absolutely um, so I think yeah we've that was that's just an awesome thing you guys are doing there I really really appreciate just from a you know from a human level yeah. I really appreciate what well, you guys you. are doing with that and uh so I think one last thing so obviously we've talked a lot about uh you know character with players mental health uh even just the skill development mm-hmm. side of things but if you had one piece of advice for any young player trying to get drafted or trying to get scouted trying to get a little bit more exposure In hockey what would you what would you leave them with?
1: Um, I think surround yourself with good people Um, whether that's a small group I think that's important Uh, and shut off the noise there's I think there's so many things on social media now that end up having a negative effect on guys like it, it breaks my heart sometimes honestly to see these player rankings or uh, comments about these 14 year old kids and the arguments that go on these online blogs about guys And so for me and for parents too, like, shut that stuff all off uh, none of it really matters and I can tell you that from being in the Western League draft meetings, uh, every team has their own list they have their own conversations, um, so for me just shut that noise off, do your work, do what you believe in um, and do something that makes you happy and, and you have fun because if you're not having fun and you're not happy, you're going to run into a wall. You're not going to have success. Uh, so I think you got to find your own happiness first, be okay with your mental health and, and surround yourself with good people and and put in the work and don't be afraid to struggle and don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's, it's a long road and it's hard.
0: I think that's an awesome spot to leave it off. Like there's There's so much to Playing a sport mm-hmm. so much more than just what you're doing on the ice or what you're doing anywhere really. Yeah. It's it's important to keep all of those
1: all of those pieces in mind yeah. and then make yeah. sure
0: that you're paying attention to the important stuff. Yeah, here.
1: no, for sure. I for me, that's you know we harp on it all the time with our players. Whether it's with the North Stars or BAC, it's things are going to be hard. It doesn't mean it's the end of the road. It's just a bump and you get through it yeah. and yeah, come better for it.
0: That's awesome. Um, and just before we go, so how and where do we find you and your organization? So, like, online, social media, just anywhere that we can connect
1: Yeah, um, BAC Hockey, we have our, our website, bachockey.ca, um, and then you can go on Twitter, BAC Hockey, uh, Instagram, we post a lot of videos of some of the stuff we do, um, and again, I think our stuff's a little bit unique um, from different skill development, guys. Um, so, a lot of stuff on Instagram, a lot of stuff on Twitter, uh, Facebook as well, and then our website, and I'm always open for conversation if guys want to reach out via email or text. And always, uh, I'm always there, and don't hesitate to call or message or whatever.
0: All right, awesome.
1: Thank you so awesome. much again for coming in. You I really appreciate you the time. You. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you.